there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Alright, we've been looking at the presence of God or the power of the presence of God. And we've been looking at how God's presence makes us prosper. And we have looked at two ways the presence of God can make us prosper. Number one, by transforming our minds. Number two, by triumphing over our enemies. And today I want to give you number three. And then in the next two weeks, I'm going to move on to something else as far as the presence of God is concerned. Now, this coming Sunday, we'll be having Apostle Mukisa speaking. The following Sunday, by the grace of God, we'll be having a pastor friend of mine. He's an apostle. He's from Swaziland. And he'll be coming to speak as well and be a blessing to us. So after they are gone, I'll pick up from where I have left. Amen. So today, number three, how God's presence makes us prosper is the presence of God will grant us tranquility in tumultuous times. The presence of God grants us tranquility in tumultuous times. Tell anybody it's a word. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this moment you've granted to us. I pray that your word may penetrate our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tranquility is another word for peace. His presence grants us tranquility or peace, which is a necessary ingredient for us to prosper. A story was told of a king who commissioned painters in the land to paint a portrait of peace. He wanted to see their understanding of what peace looked like. There were many different drawings that were presented to the king and the king looked at all these drawings but he was not really, really impressed by them. As he kept on, you know, seeking for the drawing that will actually paint to him the clear picture of Peace, he stumbled on one. This particular one was a drawing of a very beautiful, calm, and placid lake. It was as clear as crystal, with a vast mountain range, blue skies, and clouds above. And everyone thought that he might not like it. But he did, because he didn't just, this painting didn't just have this placid lake, a beautiful, calm, and placid lake, but this painting also had sharp, rugged, craggy mountain, and threatening, lightning bolts, and coming off the mountain was a roaring waterfall. As you looked at the painting carefully, there was also a huge rock in the background. And this huge rock had a little crack with a nest. And in the background of this sharp, rugged, craggy mountain, which also had a threatening sky with lightning bolts, there was in this crack of this big rock, there was a nest. And in this nest, there was a bird. And this bird was peacefully tending to her nest, despite the stormy, threatening terrain around her. The reason why the king was really captivated by this drawing is because he said real peace does not mean the absence of trouble. 
Real peace is to become in your heart in the midst of trouble. He looked at this painting and he could see how the bird was very peaceful, surrounded with all these very challenging circumstances. There was lightning, there was a rugged mountain, there was this um, waterfall that was roaring just next to the nest, yet the bird was peaceful in the nest, relaxed. And for him, that was the real picture of what peace is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, peace is one of the universal longings of the human heart. Everybody wants peace. We want peace in the world. We call it world peace, which is the absence of conflict between races and nations. We want peace. That's why every time we go through elections, people say we want peace, isn't it? We want peace in our personal, personal relationships and friendships. We want peace in our homes. We want peace in our families. We want peace in our marriages. Nobody gets married to fight. Nobody gets a family to fight. We want peace in our homes. We want also peace to be in our hearts. And that is going to be my focus today. We want peace in our hearts. You want to be in a place where even though you are surrounded with turbulences, you are surrounded with you know, disturbances, you are surrounded with trouble, there is a roaring waterfall around you. You're surrounded with danger. You want to have peace in your heart. You want to have peace in your soul. Everybody wants peace of mind and peace of heart. You will agree with me that things are not easy. You don't agree with me. I say you'll agree with me that things are not easy. You'll agree with me that this life is not like the amniotic fluid you are swimming in when you are in your mother's womb. This life is full of rough edges. This life is full of challenges. This life is full of trials and temptations. This life that we live in is full of so many difficulties that we have to deal with. And sometimes those problems and challenges all around us don't go away quickly. But let me tell you, in the midst of all those challenges, the presence of God can give you peace. The presence of God can introduce peace in your heart. You are surrounded by uncertainty, you're surrounded by turmoil, you're surrounded by darkness, you're surrounded by hopelessness, but the presence of God can introduce peace in your heart. Let me try this again. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody is worried about something. Look at your neighbor and tell them, even if you don't tell me, I know you have some worries. They might not be printed on their forehead, but everybody here is worried about something. To some people, it is their health. They're worried about their health. Because every time they wake up in the morning, there is pain. There is discomfort. And it's a cause of worry. They take painkiller, it goes away for 30 minutes, then it comes back. And it's a cause of worry. And there are people who are afraid to see a doctor because they say, what you don't know cannot kill you. Who lied to you? <laughs> so the pain in their body is also a worry because as they are feeling that pain, the devil also speaks to them. And he tells them, you know, this might be cancer. You see the way it's quiet. <laughs> worry is in the room already. The devil tells them, you know, this is how um, 
this is how the neighbor in your shags who died. This is how he started. <laughs> and so there's worry at the back of your mind because of your health. There's pain, there's discomfort, and it has introduced worry in your life. Some people worry is caused by age. The more they age, the more they are worried. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord, will I finish my message today? Already there is resistance, Lord, at the beginning of my message. Some of them, they are faced with midlife crisis. They're in their mid-40s. Some, the midlife crisis has come even earlier. In their mid-30s, and they're already suffering from midlife crisis. Because they look at their lives and they look at some of the things they need to accomplish or do or must have done. They haven't even accomplished a quarter of those things. And so they are worried. And they're wondering what's going to happen to them. Ask your neighbor, are you worried about your age? That's why you stopped these things called alumni. You stopped them. Because <laughs> when you meet all these guys, you, you know, it's a cause of stress. Because they come, they have done so much, you know, they are, they are talking big. Speaking big. You, you wanted to speak, but after hearing them speak, uh, you say, I... You say, you know, me these days, you know, life has taught me not to say many things. <laughs> but it's because you, you, you can feel the pressure. And, and you're worried. Really, really worried about your life. You have a lot of unfulfilled dreams. And it's a cause of worry. You are disturbed. To some, it's low self-esteem. Just low self-esteem. And is a cause of concern. You're worried. Your greatest enemy is the mirror. Because when you look at the mirror, you don't like what you see. Yeah, And you're worried. If anybody will like you. If anybody will love you. If anybody will embrace you, you're just worried. Even when somebody tells you you're beautiful, you think they're joking. And you tell them, stop joking. <laughs> Joke with anything else but not with my ugliness. <laughs> it's a cause of worry. Others is their job. They're not sure about their jobs. They're not sure about their businesses. It's like it's not guaranteed. They're worried. Others is their marriage. They are worried. You know, marriage is a city under siege. The ones outside want to come in like Pastor Zef. The ones inside want to come out. There are people who are inside, but they are worried. They don't see this marriage going beyond five years or two years or three years. Or 10 years, they are worried. They are always thinking something will happen that will destroy their marriage. They are always filled with worry. Some are worried because of Wunga. Wunga is not coming down. Worry, inflation, challenges. So the world is full of a lot of things that will make us be worried. And if we don't learn to step into the presence of God and experience his peace, I'm telling you, that worry will mutate and become something else. We'll start having health issues. We'll start having high blood pressure. We'll start having insomnia. We'll start having, you know, stress and depression because we are always tensed 
expecting bad things to happen to us. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you need the peace of God. I didn't hear you. Tell them one more time, you need the peace of God. And where do we find this peace? We find this peace in the presence of God. Because all these things are coming into our lives to take away our peace. So what is peace? The Greek word for peace is Irene. And Irene conveys inner rest, well-being, and harmony. It is a condition of freedom from disturbance. In other words, you have stability inside of you despite the trouble around you. Despite worry around you, inside of you, there is inner rest. Inside of you, you are calm. There is harmony. Inside of you, you are healthy despite the turmoil around your life. So, the circumstance can be threatening. The situation can be threatening. Trouble can be around you and it can be so real. But the peace of God stabilizes your soul. Inside your stable. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom also signifies well-being and, 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 and harmony both within and even without. So, peace can also affect not just what is inside of you or stabilize, it cannot just, peace rather, will not just stabilize your soul, but this peace will give you confidence that even what is around you that is troubling you, God is going to stabilize it. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Shalom. So this peace which is shalom is also the absence of agitation or discord. It is a state of calm without anxiety and without stress. So one thing is clear. When we talk about the peace of God, we are talking about the peace that stabilizes our souls, stabilizes our inner being so that we don't succumb to anxiety, we don't succumb to stress and agitation. You see, when you are stable from within, no matter what happens outside, you shall survive. You see, if a home is strong and stable from within, no matter the forces that are coming against that home, outside forces, that home will still stand. If a marriage is solid from within, no matter the forces that are coming against that marriage, that marriage will survive. If a church is strong and stable from within, no matter the forces that are coming against that church from without, the church or that church will still survive. So when the peace of God stabilizes your soul from within, there is inner calm, there is inner rest. It doesn't matter what is happening around you. You will survive the storm. You will not succumb to stress. You will not succumb to hopelessness. You will not give up because inside you are strong. Can I have an amen in this house? And that's why we must love the presence of God. Because this peace is not dependent on circumstances. This peace is available for you despite your circumstances. You are like this bird that is tending the nest in the backdrop of trouble. It's the peace of God. And that's why we must have this peace because we are surrounded with all these challenges everywhere we go. And can I tell you something? Can I shock you? Some of the trouble you see will increase. Because Jesus said, in the last days, you shall have tribulation. So there will be so many challenges coming up. The other day I realized COVID-19 again is like rearing its ugly head. Challenges and challenges. We need the peace of God to keep us. Isn't it? Yes. There is terrorism. There is inflation. There is unemployment. So many challenges. We need the peace of God. Because when the peace of God is with us, 
No matter what we are facing, we shall be strong. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. This is Paul. And he was speaking to the church at Thessalonica. He says, Now the Lord of peace. He is the Lord of peace. And if he's the Lord of peace and we want this peace, then we must be in his presence. He says, now the Lord of peace give, now the Lord, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. New King James says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. You see, after leaving Philippi, Paul came to Thessalonica together with Silas and Timothy and preached in the synagogue, proving from the Bible that Jesus was the Messiah. And some Jews and Greeks, including a quite number of prominent women, became Christians in Thessalonica. But some jealous Jews soon began causing problems for the Christians. They started a riot. They dragged a man by the name Jason, one of the Christians and other believers, before the city officials and accused them of opposing the laws of the emperor by saying that Jesus was a king. At night, Paul and Silas were able to escape to Berea, but the Thessalonians experienced trouble from these Jews because of the message that Paul brought to the city. There were troublemakers in this city who persecuted Christians. And that's why when Paul was writing this letter, he was writing to a church that was going through persecution. He was writing to a church that was facing stiff opposition from the Jews. And he told them, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. And you can see, when you read the first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians, you can see that they faced a lot of opposition. But Paul spoke peace in their lives. So this peace is not the absence of problems. This peace is needed when we are going through challenges, trials, and difficulties in life. This peace is needed when you are being faced with a lot of turbulences in your life as an individual. And the same way Paul spoke peace to the brothers and sisters in Thessalonica, I speak peace over your life no matter what you're going through or no matter what you're being faced with in Jesus' name. May you experience this peace by all means. In every way, at all times, in your life, in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus spoke and said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, in me you will have peace. I have spoken to you all these things. He talked to them. I mean, read the entire chapter. You will see he talked about a lot of challenges and trouble that was going to come to the world. And how believers, uh, you know, are going to face difficulties. People are going to fight them. People are going to challenge them. People are going to oppose them. But he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. That in the midst of the opposition, in the midst of the difficulties that you're going to face, in the midst of challenges, you may find peace in me. When you come in my presence, when you step in my presence, you will experience my peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. People will fight you. People will hate you. Unbelievers will criticize you. They will mock you. They will laugh at you. But in me, in my presence, when you show up in my presence, you're going to experience peace. Hallelujah. You see, tribulation is distress or suffering resulting from oppression or even persecution. However, in Jesus, even in the midst of persecution and tribulation, in Jesus, we are sure of one thing, that we shall experience peace. 
when it is turbulent around us, when we step in his presence, we shall experience peace. Hallelujah. In the midst of war and rumors of war, we shall experience peace when we step in God's presence. In the midst of inflation, we shall experience peace when we step in the presence of Jesus Christ. Can we go deeper? Jesus said himself, these are his words, in John chapter 14 and verse 27, he says, peace, I live with you. Then he wants us to be sure what kind of peace he's talking about. This is not the peace between Burundi and Rwanda. It is not peace between Kenya and Uganda. This is not worldly peace. He says, my peace I give to you. Which peace is this? This is divine serenity. This is supernatural tranquility. That in the midst of war, in the midst of strife and conflict, we can experience inner peace, inner rest, inner calm. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. This peace stabilizes our hearts. You know, I can laugh with you, but my heart is very troubled. Look at your neighbor. Can you see the state of their hearts? Eh? Eh? Please look at your neighbor. Can you see the state of their hearts? Can you tell if they are troubled or not? But some of you are seated next to somebody who is very troubled. The peace of God goes into our hearts. And stabilizes our hearts. That's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He says, this is my peace. I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah. There are many things to trouble our hearts. There are many challenges to trouble our hearts. There are people who can't even sleep for four hours. Three hours you're up. No wonder you go to bed at 3 a.m. It's not a sign of spirituality. It's because you know if you sleep at nine, by one you'll be awake until morning. And worry the rest of the hours until morning. You need the peace of God. So that your heart can be at rest. Hallelujah. I say you need the peace of God. You need this peace that Jesus gives. You need to step into his presence and receive this peace so that you can enjoy your sleep. Can I hear an amen? May you receive the peace of Jesus. I say may you receive the peace of Jesus to calm your troubled soul in the name of Jesus. So, this peace, how does it look like? Let's go deeper. Can we go deep? Number one. This peace that Jesus says I'm giving to you. Are you receiving that peace this morning? Come on. Are you receiving it? Are you receiving it? Throw your hands up and say, I receive the peace of Jesus. This peace of Jesus, I'm going to mention a few characteristics about this peace. Number one, it transcends human understanding. This peace that we find in the presence of God, it transcends human understanding. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Tell your neighbor, stop being anxious. Hmm? You see, the way you say it is like you're the one who is anxious. Tell your neighbor one more time, stop being anxious. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But oh boy, we can be anxious. Oh yes, we can be anxious. Oh, singles are anxious. When will I be married? When will I be like Pastor Zeph? Anxious. Students who have graduated are anxious. Will I get a job? Will I be employed? Who is retiring soon? <laughs> we need to have vacancies. People are anxious. 
Those who are married, will I have children? People are anxious. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplications, with thanksgivings, let your requests be made known to God. You cannot pray if you're not in his presence. You cannot bring supplication to God if you're not in his presence. You cannot be full of thanksgiving if you're not in his presence. These are things that happens when we appear before his presence. Don't be anxious for anything. You are so anxious. What's going to happen to me when I'm 60? Because at 30, I'm already having white hair. <laughs> what will happen to me when I'm 50 or 60? At 25, things have begun to happen in your life. What will happen to me when I'm 60? You are anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. That's what the Bible says here. Hallelujah. Do not be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Then look at verse 7. And, and the peace of God. Hallelujah. Which surpasses all understanding. Will do what? Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So this peace surpasses all form of understanding. When you have this peace, when people expect you to crash, you are still there. They are confused. I mean, you went through trouble, you went through hell, and you are still intact. It's because the peace of God has stabilized your soul. Someone, someone else went through what you went through, and they suffered another's breakdown. But you, you are strong, you are still energetic, you are still full of joy. It's because of the peace of God inside of you. It surpasses all understanding. Even you yourself, you're confused. You're wondering, hey, how did I make it? You look over your shoulder what you went through. Wow. And you're like, my goodness, I'm still here. I'm still standing. It's because the peace of God kept you. The peace of God stabilized your soul. Regardless of what you went through. Can I hear an amen in this house? So, so, so that peace goes beyond human reasoning. It surpasses human understanding. You know? And it makes people, you know, get surprised that you went through what you went through and you're still standing. Secondly, this peace guards our hearts and our minds according to that scripture. It says that and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. That's why the Bible says do not let your heart be troubled. This peace will protect your heart. This peace will protect your mind. Because your mind has a way of going crazy sometimes, isn't it? With thoughts. Your mind can do 200 kilometers per hour. Then you get to a place, no solution. Mind block. This peace will keep your mind. This peace will keep your heart. This peace will guard your heart. This peace will guard your mind. Hallelujah. You know, your heart is very important. And your mind is also very important. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your heart and your mind are very important in your life. I know some of you are thinking other things are important, but let me tell you, your heart and your mind, very, very important. It's like those are the engines of your body. If your heart quits, you are gone. Talk to me, somebody. If your heart just says today, hey, I've been pumping blood for this guy for the last 35 years. Ah, even me, I'm tired. If it just stops like this, you are gone. Now, if your heart works and your mind stops, they call you a vegetable. <laughs> you and grass. You're in the same group, isn't it? So, the, the peace of God will guard your heart and then the peace of God will guard your mind. That's how powerful this peace is. 
Number three, this peace activates joy in your life. It activates joy. Joy needs to be activated. You can't just wake up and you're joyful. There are many things that should make you gloomy and sad. But this peace will activate joy in your soul. Proverbs chapter, nine, chapter 20, sorry. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20, the Bible says, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Counselors of peace, look at that. Counselors of peace have what? Joy. Those who have the counsel of peace as a reservoir in their hearts, they are always joyful. So peace will trigger joy. Peace will trigger joy. Peace will activate joy in your heart. Because this joy is not dependent on your circumstances. No. It is not happiness. Happiness depends on what is happening. But joy is a consequence of peace in your heart. Hallelujah. Hmm. May the peace of God bring joy. I say may the peace of God bring joy in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Number four, I'm going somewhere. This, speaks, this peace makes you lie down and sleep. This peace makes you lie down and sleep. Just because you're lying down does not mean you're going to sleep. There are people who lie down but they never sleep. But this peace will make you to lie down and do what? And sleep. You know, I remember several years ago, I missed that kind of sleep. If we share a room and I come before you and I lock the door and I sleep, please have other arrangements. <laughs> Start planning where you will sleep that night. You will knock the door. You will knock the window. I will wake up in the morning and I will tell you I didn't hear nothing. What a sleep. It's a blessing. Isn't it? You know, there are people who say, you know me, I'm gifted. I don't sleep. I'm a light sleeper. It's not a gift. You, when you're sleeping, my friend, it is time to do what? Because a moment is coming that you must, you must be awake. So you can't be awake 48 hours. Yeah. When it is sleeping, you do what? You sleep. So you should ask God to help you so that you stop being a light sleeper. You become a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Because sleeping is a blessing. The Bible says, he giveth his beloved sleep. So peace will also make you lie down and sleep. Hallelujah. I mean, those days you could carry me and put me in a swimming pool. I'll continue sleeping. <laughs> sleep is a blessing. How many realize when you, when you sleep deeply and you wake up in the morning, you feel fresh? Ah, you feel so nice. You even check the clock and say, wah, 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 seven hours. You're even proud of yourself, isn't it? Uninterrupted sleep. It's a blessing. Yeah, but there are people who can't sleep. I prayed for someone, he was telling me, at night, at night, when everybody's asleep, he's wide awake. He looks around and he can envy people who are sleeping. He tries to sleep, he cannot sleep. He's wide awake. Wide awake. I remember one time, I bought a, a new coffee machine. And I was so excited about this coffee machine. And it was in the evening. So I decided to make coffee. I was so excited about it. So I made coffee and drank coffee before I went to bed. It was the biggest mistake of my life. The entire night I was awake. I was awake. That's when I realized sleeping is a blessing. Because now when people are waking up, that's when I was feeling like going to sleep. And I'm supposed to go to work. The Bible says in... Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. In peace, I will both 
lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. In peace, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Look, you can buy a very nice mattress and still not sleep. Isn't it? You can have your baby at your right. Is it right or left? I don't know where you keep your baby. Pastor Renzo, where, you, where do you keep your baby? <laughs> left or right? Hmm? For me, my wife tells me I have to sleep next to the door. So that in case somebody tries to attack us, he will find me first. And I told her, you want me to die before you or what? She said, no, you are the man who is supposed to protect us. You can have your wife with you in bed and still not sleep. You can have a beautiful bedroom where when you enter, you talk to the lights. Turn blue. <laughs> they turn blue. Play music. You know, last, this, this time when we were in America, there's a pastor who hosted us and he put us in a room and it was a smart room with a smart bed with a smart jukebox. So you see, you go, and the bed, the bed can be anything. There's a remote there. So you press, the bed begins to massage you. massages you, massages you. You can even time it. It can ask you for an hour or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And me being me, one hour. <laughs> Very nice bed. And then you can sleep the way you want. If you, if, if you want to sleep with your feet up, there's an option. You press, and then the bed begins to adjust itself. You see your feet going up like this. When you want to sleep and have your head up, you press another one. The feet come down, and then the head is raised. Ah, it was a beautiful, beautiful bed. Then the bed also has a light. So that when you wake up, you don't have to switch the light. You know, as when we wake up sometimes at night... You're looking for the switch. That is a smart bed. It has a sensor. When you wake up in the middle of the night, the lights come on. Yeah, to show you where you should, you should step as you're going to the bathroom. What a bed. Then there was like a jukebox at the corner. You talk to the jukebox. When you arrive, it is called Alexa. You say, Alexa, update me on what has happened today. And it is a lady. <laughs> she say, and then she says, what do you want to know? Sports? Politics, whatever, weather, anything. Whatever you mention, she will tell you. Then when you're done, you say, play for me music. She gives you option. Pop, blues, rumba, whatever. Then you choose, you say, soft, calming, romantic music. <laughs> then she says, right away, sir. You know, going to be Africa. The Mungo not idea. And it plays music, and it will play the music until you tell it to stop. Very faithful servant. You can be in such a room and still not sleep. Nice bed and still not sleep. That's what the Bible says here in Proverbs. In peace, 
I will both lie down and do it and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Let's finish with Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And then we're going to pray. It's my prayer that you will have the peace of God. Mark chapter 4. The Bible says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus. He spoke to the disciples and he said to them, let us cross over. Let us go, you know, to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So water was even filling the boat because of the, uh, because of the great windstorm. And Jesus was there, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Do you know why he said to the, to the, to the sea, peace? It's because Jesus is the prince of peace. They're in the same location. The disciples are worried because water is filling the boat. It's almost sinking. And Jesus is in the same boat with them. But when he wakes up, he's not worried. Why was he not worried? Because he was the embodiment of peace. There was peace in Jesus. That's why he looked at all these turbulences around the boat and he said, peace. Be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So the peace that was inside, somebody say shalom, <laughs> affected the chaos that was around the boat. And all of a sudden, what was inside of Jesus, that he was not troubled by what was happening around him, affected what was happening around him. Is the shalom of God. Is the peace of God. And verse 40, the Bible says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? He, the wind obeyed him because he was the embodiment of peace. Do you know just think with me. What if Jesus was not in that boat? Do you think these guys could have made it to the other side? I don't think so. If Jesus' presence was not in this boat, they could not have made it to the other side. They could have died. They could have been drowned in that sea. But thank God for the presence of Jesus in the boat. He stood up, rebuked the sea, and instantly there was calm in the sea. Hallelujah. So in the presence of Jesus, there is peace. There is tranquility. We will get to the other side because of peace. Without peace, we will not get to the other side. Without peace, you will not succeed in whatever you are trying to do. You will give up. Because the waves will rise against you. The sea will rise against you. The enemy will rise against you. But in the presence of Jesus... There is peace that will not just stabilize us inside, but the peace of God will spill over and begin to stabilize anything that is trying to threaten our lives. That's why I love the presence of God. Because in, it is in his presence that we find peace. Hallelujah. This morning, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend the peace of God in your life. May the peace of God fill you. There are people here who are so troubled. They are so worried. They are so scared. They are on the verge of quitting and giving up. You don't know what's going to happen to you, but let me tell you, I recommend the peace of God. Look at these disciples. They knew they were going to die. And look at even what they are telling Jesus. You don't care. Jesus, you don't care that we are dying. As we are here trying to you know, remove water from the boat, you, you are busy snoring and sleeping. You don't care what we are going through. 
Our God cares. All he wants is for you to step in his presence. And when you step in his presence, his peace will stabilize your soul. Sometimes God does not change your circumstances. But he gives you peace so that you can survive your circumstances. You can ride the wave because you have peace inside of you. I know that one you can't say amen because you want him to deal with the waves. How many want him to deal with the waves? Lord, deal with this wave. Remove this wave. Remove, 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 remove this wave. Remove it, remove it, remove this wave. But look, Jesus spoke to the wind, but he did not remove the water from the boat. You, you, you missed something there. He calmed the storm, but the water was already in the boat. He didn't remove it. He didn't remove it. Because the first and the, and the foremost thing that Jesus wants to do or God wants to do in your life is to, to stabilize your soul. To stabilize your soul as an individual. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. To stabilize you. You might have scratches. <laughs> yes. You might have aftermath, aftermath marks of what you went through. But the most important thing for him to do in your life is to stabilize your soul. He wants your mind intact. He wants your heart intact. He wants you to experience inner calmness. The water, we shall deal with it later. Let's stabilize the boat. And that was the peace. And that's what the peace of God does in our hearts. Amen. This morning, may you receive the peace of God. Are you troubled? Are you stressed? Are you scared? Receive the peace of God. May the peace of God stabilize your soul. May the peace of God give you hope that no matter what you're going through, Jesus is in your boat. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.